many, many, many. Too many MCs, not enough mics. Exit your show like I exit. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Another fantastic Monday. Why? Because the raps are back. Two and two. Got a game tonight. In, my, in the pod I just recorded with Mitch, I was saying it was 3.30. As you'll hear, it's not 3.30. For whatever reason, my computer um, turned to Pacific time. So if you'll hear me say 3.30, it's not 3.30. It's actually 6.30 at 9. So, uh, yeah, technical difficulties on my end. So that's coming up. But first, we had uh, fill you in on a couple things going on. I just had Tessa Bonham. I uh, came on earlier today, which I recorded with her, uh, which is great catching up. I caddied for her and the TSN girls uh, out east last year, which was uh, just an all-around fun day uh, to meet them and hang out with them uh, afterwards. So me and her catch up. She says some hilarious stories uh, about her time while she was at Ohio State. Something about riding bulls for one of the girls' um birthday parties which is hilarious coach made him skate so you'll, you'll hear that that's going to come out wednesday and then also wednesday uh i'm also recording one with my first repeat guest besides my buddies is jay triano who's jay triano arguably one of the greatest canadian basketball influences uh current coach head coach sorry blah, blah, blah. Assistant coach of the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan's his boss. He used to be a former head coach of the Raptors and Steve Nash's uh, best friend. So, because of that, Steve Nash just got the job with the Brooklyn Nets. And nobody heard anything about it. So, with, in this day and age, if you're doing stuff under the radar with nobody hearing about it, I don't know how that happens. So, I'm curious to ask him the questions. I'm not sure how much he's going to tell me, but I'm going to ask the questions and see what we can find out. And then he's coached. Obviously, a bunch of guys that are actually playing in the bubble right now. So I want to know, you know, with everything that's transpired and that's happened, if he's uh, talking to some of his uh, former players, former coaches, colleagues, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that one's going to be great. Um, very happy and thankful that Jay's taking the time to come back on. And I'm excited to talk to him uh, mainly about hoops. So Tessa, Wednesday, Jay's, Jay's will probably come out next week sometime. I don't know yet. And we did the draw for the giveaway for Mesa Fresca. Tessa drew the number. So for Mesa Fresca and then the Hula Girl Coffee. So it is, she drew number 250. So I'm going to go on my Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is, where you guys drop the name or sorry, number. And I'm going to be giving that away. So before we get into mine and Mitch's NBA weekly podcast, I'm just going to give you, just because I'm a nerd, some of my favorite notes memories from playoffs uh some of these commentators uh because it's very exciting it gets me fired up for this game enjoy the pod check me out on instagram facebook twitter give this a ranking if you have time if you got like 10 seconds do it i dare you it's helpful and i always appreciate all the love thanks guys and we'll be talking to you soon peace Target. 
Mike and Mitch, NBA Weekly Podcast. What's up, motherfucker? Sorry, right, out, right with the F-bombs, right off the bat. <laughs> Not too much, man. How you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. Thanks for coming back on Mine and Mitch's <laughs> Weekly Podcast. I, I'm not. I'm going to ask you something like non-basketball related that I actually just thought about. Did you see the, uh, the Jokic thing in tennis? Yes, I did. I did. That was weird. That, but I, like that, is that an actual rule that if you do that in any way, you're you, you get disqualified or default? Like I was confused. I was so confused as well, and like the further I looked into it, like I didn't realize tennis is so like staunch and stuck on the yeah. rules. Like I'm just like yeah. this guy's the number one player. A lot of uh, of like from the golf rules, you know what I mean? Where there's no forgiving with it. Like I I don't know I. Like, I know she looked like she was pretty upset by it, but when you watch it, like, there was zero way that he was trying to do that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I immediately turned over, like, oh, shit, like, I didn't mean to go, yeah, I got to see how she is. That was, I was super weird. It was. It was really bizarre. And, yeah, yeah. like, clearly zero, zero intent, wrong place, wrong time. But athletes get, like, upset. Um, yeah. Athletes get upset sometimes, and that's just what happens. Like, I don't know. I think he kind of walked that off. Like, yeah, I remember it reminded me of the Shane Battier where he turned around and then just like did the fist pump and hit yeah. the ref in the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Or was that Battier? Not bad. Yeah, it was Battier. No, was it? Who's the Duke guy with the funny hair? Car- Boozer. Boozer. It's Boozer. Yeah. It was Boozer. That's right. Oh, don't disrespect. Shane Battier by bringing Carlos Boozer into this. Uh-huh. <laughs> two Duke guys. Oh my God. Oh my I know. God. Oh my God. Why are we starting with two Duke guys? Okay. Me, men in black button. Um, yeah, get exactly. a, erase it. So we're uh, in, in the playoffs now. We're into the second round. And I'm thinking like, there's so much pressure on these guys, especially our champs. And uh, I wanted to know of the games that you've played in, what's like the most high pressure like most stakes a game that you ever played in i was thinking about that when we just kind of touched on it i was thinking you know most of the time i was at queens it was very much i mean not like it isn't this way now but it was carlton was running the show mm-hmm. and and ottawa U was pretty good as well and there's a couple like the OUA East at the time was really good so i feel like overall there wasn't like <clears throat> a ton of pressure thinking maybe going into games but uh, definitely, I, I was just thinking just like some of the playoff ones I've had. Like, I remember the first playoff one we had at home at the Arc. We were playing a really good Ryerson team. And I feel like any time in the play, obviously in the playoffs, like, you just, I don't know, you feel like some pressure and you don't want your season to end and want to keep going. And then we were down by 15 going into the fourth and then came back. And then I remember kicking it to one of my teammates in the corner for a final second three to tie it. And we ended up winning in overtime. Might have been double overtime, actually. But wow. Um, wow. That would probably, that'd probably be the one where, 
that or I, I sorry, I remember feeling the most pressure. My first game I ever played at Queen. Okay. We played Waterloo. Uh, and we they were a good team at the time too. And I ended up I broke my nose, like got hammered in the face and then like had to leave the game for a little bit and was bleeding all over the place and came back. And I end up yeah, I just remember being so nervous before the game was my first game ever and I ended up hitting the game winning three and had twenty eight points. So it was that one was a, definitely a nice way to come into the league, but also I remember like shitting my pants before the game, being like, "Christ!" Like back when it was at the pack and like that, like old Bartlett gym when it used to actually fill up and be pretty cool. And, wow! So your wait, yeah. your first game, you get taken out because you busted your nose and come back and drain the winner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. And you're right. Yeah, Bartlett was. I only I only played in Bartlett in uh, our high school finals. But that's an electric yeah. gym when it's when it's packed. It that's really cool, man. Wow, I never knew that. I'm glad yeah. I I'm glad I asked you that question. Like, yeah, yeah. Well done. So, what about you? Uh, my oh, I don't know. My I don't. I, uh, probably a big game was against uh, Sheridan my first year at St. Lawrence. Um, we were in their gym and they were just like a lot of fans. They, they whooped us. It was a Thursday night game. They whooped us by like 20, but we ended up meeting them in the finals. And, uh, we were down, I think like six with like two and a half minutes to go. And then I drained, uh, two threes right in transition, two threes. And then I got fouled, um, twice. So I nailed all four foul shots and two, and two threes. And then we're just like, I was beaking back at them in the, in the stands. They they were lighting me up and not saying very nice things. And I was saying the same back, but that one, that one probably felt, uh, pretty good. Yeah. I would say so. They used to run, used to kind of run the OCAA for a while, didn't they? They were a pretty big. They were, they were. Yeah. 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 They were, they were really good. And we, they didn't know what our team would be like that year. Uh, cause me and uh, another guy, Natalini came in late, but we ended up being number one in the country, uh, for the entire year, for the entire year, we went down to the States twice, won, uh, won both tournaments there, beat, beat up on some university squads, but, right. uh, two of our starters, we were big for a college team. Like our point guard was five, six, but he was lightning cause stroke the three, cause yeah. stroke the three. I was, you know, both our wings, me and noodle were like six, three, six, four big power yeah. forward, six, five. And then our center was like six, eight. So for college team, we're good, but two guys failed yeah. out. Two guys failed out at uh, midterms, couldn't get their uh, shit together, and then we got upset by Fanshawe in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. No, just yeah, just <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nobody wants to hear. I, I want to hear about your career. No one wants to hear about mine. But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Speaking of big shots, oh, gee. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you were. I was lo- following along on the on the app while I was working and then you were texting me back and forth. It was so confusing. And then what a shot. Yeah. I was so, I was so confused in general because the, apparently the play by play has less of a delay than my feed for the, the bubble. And I'm sitting here and I get the phone call from you. And I'm like, what? like either you're watching this and you're about to just rip into someone because of that. I mean, that Kemba pass was pretty sick. That was a nice play with 0.5 seconds left. I was like, what could you possibly want to call me for right at this moment? You're like, did it count? Did it count? I was like, yeah, I mean, there was point five. I was like, wait a second. Oh my god, you're not talking about that. Dunk. Like, <laughs> we were both I, confused. I, sure enough, yeah, I was so yeah, I was both, we were both just didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty big. I also just love the whole OG reaction to it that's been going around too. And his post game interview that was pretty sick. Oh man, like he's been there, been there, done that. Oh, exactly. Which is funny because he hasn't. Didn't even play a postseason game last year. <laughs> no, no. 
No, and I think the theme of that game is balls of steel because Lowry just gets absolutely hammered in the nuts. Yeah, that's true. And then 0.5 seconds to go, OG hits a shot. What's That's got to be, what, second biggest shot in Raptors history now? Yeah, I would imagine, if they, especially if they go on to win this series. Like, that, I don't know, even listening to Boston, like I think it was Jalen Brown talking about after the game, saying like how that should, they never had, didn't have any business losing that game. And I mean, I watched most of it. I probably agree. Like I thought, I thought Boston was going to take it, and I. Uh, but that was such a bad defensive lap on their part. Having said that, Kyle Lowry, like I don't know how you make that pass that Kyle Lowry slides over Taco, yeah. like right into his pocket. Like it was, I don't know. It was, and then the Raptors end up uh, maybe using some of that momentum or feeling like they can actually get to Boston and play a pretty solid game. Uh, what was it two nights ago? Yep. Yeah. And then they played today at three thirty. Yeah, that was, yeah. I'm never a fan of bringing in a guy that's cool. I know Taco's huge. He's like seven, five and I know, but I don't know if I'm ever a fan of bringing a guy in like that cold for the last possession. I know he's just blocking the ball, but I feel like if you have a guy that's been in there and active and like you're engaged at that time, if you've been sitting on the bench the entire game, I just don't know how engaged you are, but I get it with the height and whatnot, but you're right. That pass was remarkable remarkable yeah if he tries that another 50 times i don't know i, I think if your average person exactly. tries that 50 times they miss every time yeah yeah but yeah uh, they probably the second biggest in Raptors history I, I can't think of another one that was actually significant <laughs> it's true right bosh i think bosh has hit a, a bunch but yeah nothing nothing too crazy you know yeah. this team right now is reminding me of the 2004 pistons oh i like that comparison yeah i feel like they just don't have uh, they don't have the star like they did like Kawhi, but like yeah. Lowry's kind of like your Chauncey, you know, you got Wallace's yeah. times two, like Serge and Siakam, um, yeah. Eldon Campbell's maybe like the older statesman, like Gasol and they're, <laughs> and they're just gritty and they play defense and they're tough. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that one. I wish we had someone like Rip Hamilton running off screens, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes yes beggars can't be choosers i guess but oh yeah it's true i can't think of there's not it's just that style right it's that style of of basketball and the mentality actually i meant to tell you an article i just read on espn mm-hmm. this morning it was like it was uh oh no one thought the raptors would be here like a week ago or whatever it was and they're like but that's okay like they're they've been used to that since all like since everything since Kawhi left basically and uh, and then Nick Nurse is telling the story about how the first thing that Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet were together when they saw Nurse for the first time after Kawhi and Danny Green announced they were leaving. And the coach looked at them and was like, oh, you know, like, what do you think, guys? And then they both like looked at him. They're like, oh, I think between those two guys, there's an extra 30 shots to take in the game, and we're both ready to do it. So we'll see you at practice. <laughs> like, you gotta love that mentality i'm actually uh, i got a espn open right now i'm looking at that article that's uh i i love it i love that mentality just scrappy competitive they never look friendly with the other team too much no yeah so businesslike yeah i agree i don't think they really care about being liked too much like i feel like lowry definitely doesn't he's just one of those guys that like i think at this point you just love to have him on your team, but hate playing against him. He just seems like the most annoying player to play against in in such a good way when he's on your team. <laughs> yeah, you just respect you just respect the guy. Yeah, nonstop. But I guess like, in that article, if you are looking at it too, like they're just they talk about basically like you look at the whole roster and they're like, and they're talking about how all these guys in different ways were just not ever going to be, or no one ever really gave them a chance individually. Like 
they're talking about Siakam and people saying, well, he ended up going late first round and uh, people are saying, well, he probably needs a couple of years in Europe or, or somewhere before he's going to be anything. And then they're talking about Van Vliet being undrafted. They're talking about even Nurse coaching, like how he bounced around in Europe in the G League a bit and even Lowry being, I think, it was late first or early second round pick or something. And then obviously he was in Houston for a bit before he kind of got traded and before he found his, his place and kind of into his came into his own and became an all-star. Like, these guys kind of have these different journeys where I think the Raptors are the first team to ever win without a lottery pick on their roster. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. You know what? That's, I, I, that's right. That's true. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. But that, but they all speak on wow. it. Like, well, we, like, no one has that. We don't have that one guy that we want to look around at it. I mean, having said that, they – Oh, no, it's true. Yeah, I was going to say it because of Kawhi. But yeah, Kawhi wasn't even a lottery mm-hmm. pick, right? I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was late. San, what was San Diego late. State? I think he was like sixteenth, seventeenth, or even a little later. I thought he was later than that. Even because I thought he went to the San Antonio. Like I thought it was like a twenty-two through twenty-six kind of thing. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe yeah, that's was, right. Yeah, if it's if, yeah, if he's going to the Spurs, it's probably later than that because uh, <laughs> because they didn't uh, they didn't finish too too low in the the rankings uh, that yeah. many years. No, that's great. That's actually, uh, that's an interesting stat. I've never heard that one, but that makes sense. And you're right. Just the grittiness and kind of the, the us against the world mentality. Yeah, right. I, I feel like, like they kind of have that mentality, kind of like the Seattle Seahawks, even though I'm a Niners fan and I hate the Seahawks, but I just feel like the, the Seahawks just like always walk around, like they have an edge to them. And I think yeah. that's so important, um, within this bubble. So game three to, or sorry, game five tonight, um, and I, I mentioned something to you as well. Like, I think we, I think we both agreed on this, that we probably would have, it probably would have gone to two, two regardless, but just how we got there. Like, because yeah, obviously yeah. Boston wins the first two games, which would have been in Toronto, very unlikely that they're going to win both. And then Toronto wins t- two games that would have been at home. So it just really goes to show you that, uh, home and away and home court is completely eliminated. And it's like a, it's a, it's a complete crapshoot. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of actually what popped up on my feed somehow is like trying to gamble and try to figure out these games is like <laughs> li- is like listening to like remember those the Yanny and Laurel um <laughs> like which Yanny Laurel like which one do you hear nobody knows it's like split half and half Yeah the same. Who, who did you hear when you by the way this random question do you, did you hear Yanny or did you hear Laurel Yanny. Yanny? Yeah, I hear Yanny. I hear Yanny as well. And and then and then, and then there's another one. With the did you ever see like the well, I think it's teal and gray or like green and gray shoe. And then there's and then some people think it's pink and white. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which did you see there? Did you see the pink or did you see the gray? Uh or, I don't remember. Don't like remember. I need to see this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff I, I, I understand. You what? I know what you're saying. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like all the games. It's been a weird, the other series have been weird, like really strange to me. Like so, the West so far, first through the first two games of the West has been odd. I don't know how to judge them. but Yeah, because Houston, Houston got through OKC, and I thought that that was going to be a wash. They pushed them to um, seven, and then, of course, Houston's win. And now Houston, let's go right into Houston and the Lakers. Okay. Uh, right now that could have been very easily, I think two, nothing. And then all of a sudden the Lakers turned on the jets, but Man, that like that team, like two things. I feel like one, I can't remember if it was you or someone else. Like, I really think that for the Lakers to win the series, 
LeBron and, and Anthony Davis have to score 70 points together every game. Yep. Like I like one way or another, I feel like they need to get somewhere around 70 for that team to have a chance to win. They do. Yeah. I, and and watching that Houston team though, like it's so bizarre because I think it was was it the OKC game. I remember I was watching too, and maybe even game one. Like Russ and Harden do not really coexist on the floor together. Like they basically just see whoever's hot or decent at the time, take the other one off, and then let them play ISO ball, and then hope they. Like, Harden was awful in that game seven and was on the bench for a while, and then Russ was just doing Harden things and then vice versa. And then like, last night when it all, like, I don't know, Russ hasn't been great, but he's, he's just like he said, he's just kind of all over the place and you don't know what you're going to expect. I don't know what to expect when I watch Houston anymore. At least before, I just knew I was watching James Harden just dribble all day and shoot threes. But now it's just a weird mash of two superstars who are just so used to having the ball in their hands all the time. Yeah, I think, you know, I think if they if they had have lost that game seven, Harden would have been absolutely ripped apart. I think they're, yeah. I think they're going to get rid of Daryl Morey regardless. Dan Tony, I think if they lose this series, I think I don't know if the team gets necessarily blown up, but I think it I think a lot of things change there. And I think Daryl Morey's gone because it's this, this experiment. How much longer do we want to watch just Harden dribbling and doing this? And I think once uh, once Dan Tony goes, that all goes by the wayside as well. Um, you mentioned too, uh, with, with the Lakers coming back, Rondo, I think is a huge part of, uh, yeah, sure. of having, um, seeing him back and seeing him healthy. You just saw in a game last night, he just brings that calming presence and he's, yeah, and, and he's just a sure. dickhead on the court too. Like I saw yeah, him kind of rubbing elbows with uh, PJ Tucker and not letting him by. Like, I love how scrappy he is. Yeah, I agree. Just have just another guy on there who, I mean, other than LeBron, there's not, I don't think there's anyone on that roster who's kind of been there done that in those high pressure games like rondo has yeah because i remember the series in the playoffs yeah i remember the series that it was uh where boston eliminated cleveland back in the day and rondo at that time was the best player in the series like and playing against lebron like yeah so you're right he's got the he's got the pedigree um for that series i went on i was getting a little emotional after houston's first game and i called him to win the series and uh I don't know how much I stand by that, but I think if they can get, you know, like you said, they're just running all over and you don't know what to expect with Houston. It's so true. It's like they're like giving kids candy and then you just yeah. see them run around for a while and then they just go mental and then they settle down. And that's what like even Russell Westbrook in particular, he's just like, he's turning the ball over so much, trying to do so much. And I think we're almost seeing a bit of a slide in his athleticism because once that goes, everything else starts to slow down, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, who so who wins that? Uh, are you still you still riding the Lakers for that series? Well, I, I said Houston last week. That's right. That's right. You did. Said, say, you've I been bang on, actually. Bad, as bad as I didn't want it to happen, I said I saw it being Houston and the Clippers. And I I don't know. I I, I watched most of that. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of last night's game, mm-hmm. with the, but I watched a lot of the first game. And after that first game, I was like, sorry, like, I think that this is exactly what's going to happen. I don't know. I guess I'm not. Like I said, I want the Lakers to win. I guess I'll still, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. Yanny, Laurel, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because, you know, what what what's knocked on James Harden is uh, his, well, his making the shots when they count and his defense. And yeah. besides game seven, he's been making a lot of shots when they count and they're number yeah. one ranked in defense. So, like, 
I just look at the Lakers, and I think we agree on this, that when you look at the Lakers, it's just like you're just waiting for them to almost implode. And you're like, LeBron can't do this, and they can't put up yeah. 70 points tonight. And when they, when they, it almost feels like when they play well, it surprises me. And I don't know if I'm just skewed by watching too much basketball and I'm just thinking too much <laughs> into it, but it's just like, yeah, I, I don't expect the best from them, but they continue to churn out these numbers. And that's a testament to like LeBron. And of course, like in year 17, some of these blocks he's had on West and some of these dunks he's putting down and then AD being AD. But I think just with the doubt, I just, I've never seen AD really do it before. So it's always yeah. something new when he does it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm, I'm watching them just being like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't expect it. Then. They just, I feel like they just need so many things to go right for them yeah. to win. And they just need, like, they need LeBron and Anthony Davis, obviously, to be studs. And they also need, like, the odd three from Rajon Rondo. And then they need, like, they really need Danny Green to step up and do something. Yeah. He's uh, he looked like a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. I but, love, uh, love him. And he, at the same time, in Houston, you kind of just look at them and, like, I'm waiting for the opposite. I'm like, God, like, I feel like the Lakers are only hanging here because. Harden hasn't gone off yet, or Westbrook mm-hmm. hasn't gone off yet, and and when that does happen, I don't know. Harden also like I, he gets a lot of shit for the for the defense, but I think of I think it was it this year that he led the league in steals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I think he's a, I think he's better as a help defender and off the ball than he is guarding the ball. I think that's where he takes most of his shit from. But I think he's just a weird matchup for a lot of like I, I don't think he goes into a lot of matchups on the ball where he has an advantage. I think he's guarding a lot of really quick guards and he's just a bigger dude. And then also if he's guarding, because they play such small ball, he'll maybe be guarding bigger too, in which case he just is shorter. But I don't know. I I still am not sold on his defense by any means. But um, yeah, I don't know. That, that series to me is the weirdest one right now. It, it, it is. It's really strange. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, and because you look at guys, you get them a little bit out of their element too. Like when... You know, you you get a guy like let's say Kuzma, and he's got a matchup problem. But like you're never, and you're just like, well, let's try and highlight um, that matchup problem for Kuz. But like Kuz isn't really the guy you want to go to and isolate <laughs> for you to be winning no. playoff games. So yeah, that exactly. yeah, so that small lineup it really throws him into uh, throws him into a little whirlwind somewhat. But so it's it's interesting to see. But it's I'm shocked that uh, Houston is number number one in defense. Like any Dan Tony team being know, number one yeah. in defense, it's to tell you you're on drugs. But yeah. uh, but here we are. So you are you sticking with the uh, are you sticking with the Rockets to go to win it or to to sorry to win this series? Yeah, I'll stick. I guess I'll just stick to my guns for all the yep. picks. I won't flip. Nope. I can't flip flop. No. I go, and you know what? I, I'm going to do the. I'm going to do the same. I think that Houston gets through them. I, I feel that Harden's going to get going, and they're just not going to have an answer. But like I said, I think we're in agreement there. <laughs> well, we don't have to agree. That's the beauty of this. We don't have to agree, but we're in agreement on a lot that uh, um, that Houston goes by, and just the Lakers being able to produce from AD and LeBron. I just. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, another series that you were right, and I was way wrong about. It. I said I said Milwaukee in five. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're in Miami. Miami has just been looking tough. I thought they should have shut it down, shut them down last night. They, I think they let one get away, but it looks like they're yeah, still going to win the series. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Have you heard anything about Giannis yet? Is he playing Game Five? I'm Is that ankle now. I don't know. I think it's probably a game time decision. I think it's depend. Yeah. It, it really depends on who they leave it up to. If, if it's Milwaukee, yeah. they probably say no. If it's him, he says yes. So I guess it matters how severe it is and whether yeah, they. That one, God, I feel like 
like after the first round and how Milwaukee played and then just everyone talking about them, like I feel like, man, they really like that adversity came and they did not deal well with it. Like this, you watched game three. Oh, yeah. you, I think you, you were, I was texting you. I was like, and they, I think they outscored Miami 40 to 13 in the fourth quarter. That's right. Sorry, sorry. Miami outscored, Miami outscored them. Yep. Yeah. It was just like, how do you not, like, where's the gut check here? Like, you're down 2 nothing. You need this win, and you can't shut it down in the fourth quarter with that team. I don't know. I, I agree. I, like I said, like, I love watching Miami play, and they are super gritty, and I feel like Jimmy Butler's mentality has spread throughout that entire roster, but uh, I did not think that Milwaukee would kind of, I mean, I guess last night they proved they didn't roll over. They lost Giannis in the second quarter, I think, and and he had been playing really well, but yeah, I really thought that Miami needed to close that out last night, but I still think they'll take it. Obviously, they, I think they're not going to lose four in a row to Milwaukee, but even just all the Milwaukee stuff now, though, where they're talking to the coach and about the whole minutes thing with Giannis and only playing him 35 to 36. Not like, smart. Like, is he, like, is he, like, is he, I feel like this whole situation, if they lose this series and how it's gone with what seems to be maybe a bit of friction between Giannis and, and uh, Bud, Holzer. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's, like people are just saying, like you're you're pushing him out. Like I feel like, and I don't disagree. Like I don't know. I'm liking hearing about maybe Giannis to Miami or Toronto though. That's what piss him off, bud. Piss piss him off, bud. Piss him off. Yeah, exactly. Canada's great, great Greek community. Giannis, come up to Toronto. Yeah, exactly. You you'll win. Masai will put a team around you, and uh, and you'll win. So Budholzer, what are you doing? You saw what uh, yeah. you why Nick Nurse is great. You saw what Nick Nurse was doing. The team was struggling. They played Lowry. They played Van Vliet extra minutes. They started coming back. They charged them back. Those guys are tired. It's the playoffs. Yeah. You're meant to be tired. You're meant to yeah, but exactly. but play them. And yeah, Budholzer playing them those limited minutes. Like if you want to win games, you got to play your stars. Just yeah. plain and simple. So I think he missed it. So great news for us <laughs> for yeah. to keep Giannis yeah. pissed off. And I'm I'm definitely rooting against Miami. I have a theory. I have a theory okay. why Miami is not playing so well. <laughs> Milwaukee, you mean? Oh, sorry. Yes, Milwaukee. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and possibly other teams. So they because because <laughs> bear with me here. yeah so so with with the noise in the arena obviously you know like it's very quiet in there comparatively yeah. to other games there's just a few maybe a hundred few hundred people but now they're able to have their families in there so yeah. it reminds me of like it's i liken it to like let's say you're like in a restaurant or that classic scene where somebody says something loud that's inappropriate and then the record scratches yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're just like, oh shit! Did everybody hear that? It's loud. Yeah. Now all of these guys um, were allowed to bring in a family member, and you see a lot of them come in with their wives, girlfriend, and children, and yeah. they and those people are coming to the game, and so now you think that you're playing a professional basketball game in front of this quiet small gym where you're used to people not being able to hear you, maybe outside the front row. Now, if you're in the heat, heated game, fourth quarter, yeah. and you're like you know, you bleep, 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 bleep to you. And then you yeah. look over to your right and your kid or your baby's there, or there's a group of babies just sitting there. that can hear every word you're <laughs> saying. It's probably, you're probably not playing with that edge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking if everybody can hear everything you're saying, and like maybe if it's just like the, the teams, probably not that bad, but with like, uh, like kids and everybody on, on the sideline, uh, yeah. I, I feel like, 
now mind you that goes both ways but i feel that some guys my more more towards my point is that some guys really play with that energy really play with that edge really play with that kind of fuck you attitude and they and yeah. they'll say it a lot and i feel like Giannis is one of those guys where you, you see his wife and, and kid over there yeah. and he's just like oh so lovey-dovey with them and just like looking <laughs> over and waving where you're just like no that's not Giannis. Giannis is flexing to the crowd and like fuck you like so that's my theory on as why I don't think that Miami is playing that well because they feed off that energy and and uh, his kid's there and he probably just misses his kid because he's a human being too. Yeah, I like I like that. That's like remember like when you play at different like gyms growing up or in OBA and stuff. And yeah, like, it was always I always enjoyed much more when the benches were on the other side of the gym than when I knew like my mom was somewhere close and could hear me and the things I'd say on the bench. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got in a lot of trouble cause I was a firecracker and I always said stuff and I was just <laughs> like, Oh man, I feel like I'm glad it's noisy. <laughs> but like, but you said, but like you said, most of the guys like are impacted by that. And then you look at Miami and Jimmy Butler's quote, and they asked him if he was bringing someone back. Like, no, this is like this is a business trip. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't invite my family to this. This is a business trip. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing, right? That's incredible. Yeah. And that's and that 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 mentality, that Pat Riley Spolstra mentality, is just carrying over to yeah. the rest of the team. Uh, what a leader! What a you know, I was always on the fence with Jimmy, and I thought it yeah. was a lot of talk. And I must admit that I. I've, I've way, I've gone back and forth with him, but I'm on, I'm on the Jimmy train now. I, I, I got so much respect for that guy. And speaking of a guy backs against the wall, nobody believes in me. He's the, he's the epitome of that. Yeah. I think he also just, I think he, he is harsh and people are trying to like, I don't know, people are trying to make it seem like he was the problem, but you look at all the other places he played and especially the last two stops, like the whole Minnesota and Philly thing. Like, I think he, they say stuff like that because he doesn't do well. I'll say he doesn't do well, but what I really mean is guys with egos don't do well playing with him mm-hmm. because they can't. But now you got a team like with a bunch of young guys that he can influence. And I like, like I loved, I've always loved Jay Crowder. Like he's awesome too. I think he's a good role guy who just wants to win. And uh, I think he's just surrounded by the right team to be able to be himself uh, as much as he can, which makes it for better basketball for him and also just a pretty solid culture with what you said, having Pat Riley there and, and, uh, who's seen a whole bunch of different teams in his time in Miami and different, um, egos and how to manage them. But I, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's definitely thrives in that role. Yeah. That, like if, if Toronto gets through knock on wood, uh, against Miami, that's going to be an absolutely, it's going to be a great series. It's going to be a, a big, love- big battle. Um, for a variety of reasons, I want to see that happen. Even if, you know, let's say, let's say Toronto loses, like, obviously I'm going to be upset, but Boston is a, Boston is a really great team. Like if they get yeah, through sure. and I'll, as a basketball fan, I'll obviously be choked if Toronto loses, but as a basketball fan, being able to watch Boston, Miami, I'll still, uh, thoroughly enjoy that. I'll enjoy it way more and be a lot happier if it's Toronto, of course, but, uh, yeah. the basketball on the East right now is, uh, as good as it can be. Um, so Miami, we're guessing Miami is going to play one of those teams, you know, unless there's there's a miraculous comeback, which I don't see what happened, especially with a bum wheel on Giannis. And then we got, uh, Clippers, Denver, Paul George, the pepperoni pizza analogy I gave you. (laughs) (laughs) Denver, Denver doesn't have a chance, right? Do they? Do they? I don't think. Well, I mean, they end up winning by what they win by. 12 or something last yeah year. but that was like that was i thought Jokic and murray were both 
really good. But you also had, like, one of Kawhi's worst playoff games ever, if not. I mean, I don't know what he, I can't remember back when it was San Antonio days, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's just too many things that need to go right for them and wrong for the Clippers for them to win. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it could go six, but I still think it's going to be the Clippers. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta think, right. Yeah. You gotta think that, uh, Clippers get through, um, just looking at that, that stat line. Yeah. He was four for 17. Oops. Four for 17. Uh, sorry. Where are you here? Kawhi, the claw four for 17, Oh, for three, uh, yeah. six, three, 10 rebounds, eight assists, uh, and four turnovers. Very uncomfortable. First, first time in 47 playoff games, he hadn't gotten more than 15 points. Was oh, that what it was? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he had a streak of 47 games going in the playoffs where he'd had 15 points or more. Yeah. So he, yeah, he laid a little bit of an egg on, on that game, yeah. but yeah, he's not going to do it. Paul George, who knows what Paul George is going to do? We talked a little bit. We probably talked too much about Paul George. Um, we did last time. Oh, I got an ad. Yeah. I got an ad coming on my computer. Get out of here. Uh, so, <laughs> technology problems. Um, so, yeah, I think we were both in agreement that, uh, the, that the Clippers are going to go through there. And, man, if we get a Toronto, Miami, uh, Clippers, LA quarterfinals, that is, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because even yeah. probably, probably by the time uh, we record this next week, the second round still probably won't be over. It'll, it'll be close. Um, yeah, but Paul, but Paul George, again, I think it all rests on him. What hap- What happens here? Because he's got to be the player. I likened him to like a piece of pepperoni pizza from your favorite pizza joint. When you get it, it's great. It's fantastic. But right now the Paul George is like day old pizza. It's just like, it's like the next day you're like, man, I still enjoy this pepperoni pizza, but it's definitely not as good as when it came fresh out of the oven. It was great. I'll still enjoy it. I'll bring it for lunch. I'll eat it. I'll I'll reheat. (laughs) I'll eat it cold. Um, But it's just not the same. And that's Paul George. And I don't know what is, what's, what's wrong with him and how he can get things online in line. I don't know. He's, he's such an anomaly to me. Yeah, he is. He's seemingly, yeah, I feel like, you can look at most of the other teams right now who are left and you just can look at what happens and expect, know what to expect out of those main guys, those teams. Mm-hmm. And he is one who's just kind of the wild card and you don't know. I, I mean, at least he seemed to kind of get it together a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, it still doesn't seem like it's the same or what he needs to be doing for them to be good. Yeah. I want like him to have more. Sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I want him to play well because I like Paul George. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's strange. He's just, just strange lately. I want him. To, I want him to come back. I want him to come back. Like when he was on fire and he was, you know, I don't want it to be against the Raptors. I want him to 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 be terrible when he's against the Raptors. But I like watching him because I don't think like I think it's the like the eye test as well. Um, you know, when you actually watch a guy with him, the eye test right now isn't great. The mojo and yeah. the confidence, but I I don't. It's hard to find besides Michael Jordan, of course, but when a guy gets going and he's got this smoothness to him and the jump shot and the flow throws on a dunks, there's not many cooler players to watch get in a zone than Paul George. No, it's true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he can he's in that zone pretty much to watch. Yeah. So lots of good ball coming up. So we got both of those games tonight. Raptors, uh Celtics coming up at three thirty, and then Clips, Denver. That series is tied, of course, one one. So we're gonna see um where that goes another so another huge transaction 
kind of a transaction, Steve Nash to yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, that was shocker. That came well, for me anyway, I didn't I didn't know it was even on the table that he was. Of all the people they were talking about for that job, I didn't think he was one of them. But what uh, what do you think? Uh, I don't even like. I think first and foremost, great to have a Canadian head coach. Great to have uh, Nash come in and do that. And you're, like like in today's day and age, to not be able to see. Um, or not even be able to hear any whispers or rumors about Steve Nash getting yeah. a head coaching job. And both both me and you keep pretty uh, close tabs on the NBA. And for us, yeah. the big, huge fans, like not being able to, not hearing anything about it is like, I guess, well done on their part. But great. I love Steve Nash. Uh, yep. As we've talked about, I think we talked about last week, sports hate, I can't stand Kyrie Irving <laughs> and Kevin Durant. Two of my least favorite, I... I I liken them to uh, Jack Abbott and Victor Newman from Young and the Restless. Just, just drama. Jabot Enter Brooklyn. I call Jabot Enterprises, man. Um, and I'm gonna put some Young and the Restless music in the background for this part too. I'm gonna edit that in. I just think there's so much drama. But I guess if any guy can like they'll listen to, and I guess they signed off on him is uh, that sorry that uh, Kyrie and KD will listen to. Um, I could see it being Steve Nash because he's just an overall great dude. What do you? Do yeah, you, yeah. Where, where was he? Like, what? What NBA teams was he a, a part of in some way? Was he part? Am I making it up in my head that he was part of something with Golden State? No, he was. Yeah, no, he was definitely yeah. part of Golden State. He was I, kind of like a mentor, like not a mentorship yeah. with uh, Curry and just helped Curry fine tune yeah. his skills. I think he, from what I heard, is that like him and Durant are pretty close. Um. Yeah. From those days, and yeah. I think, yeah, and I don't know, like, I don't know, it's funny, because you and I were just talking about how, maybe it was Philly, we were talking about how they don't need another, like, uh, players coach. They need more of, like, the authoritative kind. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like, despite a bit of a lack of maybe, actual, like, complete coaching experience, they're trying to recreate in Brooklyn what Golden State has, where you kind of bring in... Uh, a younger coach, not the most experienced, and he's definitely a big players coach. You have a couple stars. I think Brooklyn's going to be very good. I think like like having Dinwiddie and like those those guys around them. Um, actually, did you see Dinwiddie's uh, tweet after that happened? No, I didn't. He he said, "Well, he he wrote just like y'all wanted a third star and just had like the eye emojis like." stretched open like they always kept chirping him and how he's not the third star and they were going to run him out of town after the season when KD and Irving are back yeah he's like well you got him on the third star we got Steve Nash now um <laughs> yeah but fine. I don't know I don't know I I hope I guess it works for them I, I like I said I'm, I'm I'm with you I'm I've not been a big Kevin Durant fan other than sorry I enjoy watching him play but a lot of what he does and some of his antics I just don't enjoy and Kyrie has kind of rubbed me the wrong way ever since he wanted to leave LeBron and then has not been the same player. I mean, he has tons of issues with injuries, but um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, yeah, like you said, I'm happy for Steve Nash and I think it's interesting and I feel like it's just one more reason why Brooklyn is running the entire New York basketball scene right now. Oh, it's, <laughs> but, it's so true. Is, is Brooklyn New York's team now? The Knicks are absolutely garbage. They have to be. They, they are. They yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 you know, with now nah, it's going to be so hard for me to cheer for them is I don't think I can. I love Steve Nash. I absolutely love him. 
I can't cheer for them, especially, and obviously not against the Raptors, but I'm going to have a hard time cheering. I hope, again, just like Paul George, uh, maybe he can turn them around because if those guys, if he can get them both playing at the top level that they're able to play at and achieve that and unlock them somehow, wow, they're going to yeah. be, you know, with Jared Allen, you know, Jared Allen's going to get a boost because of that yeah. Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, like they have some, they certainly have some talent and they, I think they have, uh, Philly's first round draft pick this year in the draft. I think they have, I think they might have like number 16 in the draft. Draft's not that strong this year, but if they can pick up someone oh. sneaky, uh, they can do it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They, maybe they can get a guy that kind of their, their version of Draymond. Like they just need some grit on that team. I think. Yeah. They're, they're going to have tons of guys who can put the ball in the basket, but they just gonna need someone who can like rebound and get some stops and that sort of thing. But I don't know. I hope, I hope I've been thinking in my head the whole time of comparing the whole Steve Nash thing to Steve Kerr in terms of being coaches and how they're going to deal with it. And then I kind of forget the like main differences. And hopefully this isn't, this is meant to be a knock because I'm interested to see how it goes with Steve Nash. But I just know with Kerr, at least like that guy spent most of his life playing for two of the best coaches of all time. <laughs> it's true. It's Played true. With Antonio and Popovich. Uh, oh no! Wait, was he not? No, he wouldn't have. He would have been San Antonio before Popovich was there. Who Kerr? Oh no! I, no, yeah. no, no, no! He was there, and then you got Phil ja- and then Phil Jackson. And Phil Jackson, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel like I don't know. Obviously, Steve Nash did not play for those guys, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that he can bring a lot to it. And if you are going to have a players' coach, I think that's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I think I think at this point when you have those guys like. Kevin Durant is not unlike LeBron to the point where obviously he definitely signed off on it. Slash was a part of this decision making process. Like, there's no way that they would bring someone in without him and or Kyrie being completely on board. Not a chance. Yeah, they're 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 definitely signing off on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I ha- I'm having uh, Jay Triano on Wednesday. And, awesome. Yeah, which I'm really excited about, and him, obviously him and Steve Nash are best friends, so I'm hoping he yeah. can give me a little bit of insight as to how this all went down. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested. Like, okay, Jay, like, tell me how how did this how did this happen? I don't know how much he'll tell me, but I'm going to ask the question just to try and yeah. get some uh, inside uh, info as well as the bubble. Like, what's going on inside there? Because you know he's yeah. he's coached some guys that that were there and uh, that are still in there. So uh, I wonder what that's going to be like. Good for Steve Nash. Yeah, cool. yeah I think it was, uh, I have mixed feelings. I don't want to get into it too much, but you, did you see the Stephen A? Um, the Stephen I A? Did. Yeah, and I, 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 I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like, who are you going to yeah, bring in? Literally. Jacques Vaughn, Sam Cassell, or Tyrone Liu? Get out of here. Get out of here. Steve Nash. Steve Nash, <laughs> the greatest Canadian basketball player yeah. ever and nicest guy ever. Bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break because we're going to do... Big rig, big rig gig. What's the uh, what's the big rig gig for today, buddy? Not enough mics. All right, uh, big rig gig for today. I was trying to think. I've, I've been trying to do. I think the idea will be things that make kind of your life easier or maximizing what you can do with with whatever you're prepping for. So this week's one I was going to say is um, roasting a whole chicken. Okay. So I every once in a while I can't. Every once in a while you get. Like law, law blogs around me anyway, and they do the sale, and it's like a dollar ninety nine a pound for a chicken. So you get a full full chicken for like six bucks, and I feel like people buy chicken breasts or chicken wings or do different things and try to to cook them for what they need them. But I just get a chicken breast and I 
or sorry, I got a whole chicken, roast it really easy just with some veggies and oil and salt, pepper, a couple different herbs. And it takes like an hour and 20 minutes. Rip all the meat off. You've got that for pastas or salads or whatever you want for the week. And then on top of that, I always just take the, the all the bones and the carcass, put it in the pot with some water and some veg, make a chicken stock. And then you got that stock all week for you can make risottos or especially getting into the fall now, you can make some really good soups. And you're basically stretching that $6 chicken to, you can get anywhere from, I'd say, like six to 10 meals out of it. And if you keep the stock, keep it in the freezer, like it's just a good way to maximize uh, your purchase and your time, I find, in prep. And also, it's just using up the whole animal and kind of a bit more of a, uh, I don't know if humane is the way, but mm-hmm. more, more aware way of cooking meat. Okay. I, yeah. love, I love that one. I love I love to do that as well. I, that's yeah. I, that's a great one, um, and then you do get to maximize the whole chicken, and then you can make those soups out of it. It's true. We can feel the weather yeah. turning, man, and uh, it's going to be soup season soon. I love soup. I love soup. Yeah, uh, that's a great yeah. one. That's a great one. Thanks for this week's big rig gig. Not enough. <laughs> no problem. Uh, hey, because I'm a weirdo and I think of this stuff, I was texting you back and forth about. I want to talk about your thoughts on uh, my review um theory or my, not my review theory but my review suggestion to have a group of say former players or like certified yeah. referees let's say that there was five of them would have to be an odd number so we'd get a resolution from it and that sure. and that they decide let's say you have 11 guys let me explain the theory first let me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me straight <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe whoever's going to listen to this knows what I'm talking about. They don't know what I'm talking about because me and you were chatting. Okay, my theory is at the end of games, you know, we know that attention spans are down uh, for viewership. We know that. That's how televisions are marketing to people. That's why baseball sucks. It's too slow. We need to speed th- things up. That's why they've taken away full timeouts, 20-second timeouts, TV timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. They've got to try and speed up the game because we know in the NFL, and especially NBA, the, the last minute can take like 20 minutes. Nobody wants that. Yeah. We, want, we want to see the game. So for reviews, they go in, the officials do it, and then they go to New York, and the officials go back and forth. But what I, my theory that I'm throwing out there or my suggestion would be to have like 11 like certified guy whoever people and they can they could be ex players uh they couldn't be any current players they could be former referees they could be people who are like basketball minds like a guy like Bill Simmons uh could be on there he gets an NBA MVP ballot anyways he votes on all that stuff all team all first teams yeah. and what they could do is that during every challenge put it to a vote so they could be on their computer. They could do it all from home and they could review these plays. They all get the same camera angles and you have like, let's say two minutes to review them all. These guys all knew the rules and some type of certification. And then they decide you got 11 of them. It's going to have to tilt one way or the other. And then you get two minutes and then we proceed with the game. What do you think? Would that work or am I crazy? Uh, I, I think when you first said it, I was confused. And now I'm less confused. Okay. But now I get it. I will also say, I think I like the idea of the refs and or like basketball guys. I don't know. The only thing I was thinking in my head just now is like former players. Like if somehow you end up, with, let's say, like a, a Lakers Celtics finals or something like that. And you've got like Magic Johnson and Kareem and one more Laker on there. And they end up picking like <laughs> a call questionable in the Laker favor. That's going to be outrageous to... Boston fans or whatever it is. But yeah, I think if you have 
somehow find a way to have like a good impartial, very educated, like you said, like there's some sort of certification to it. I think it'd be pretty exciting. I think so. Right. And I think yeah. you, you could have like, you'd have a variety of them, just like officials, just like commentators, you rotate them. And let's say you have 50 total and you, in these group of like, you have 50 of total of these people that do it. And then yeah. you, and then you rotate them through every games and they could do multiple games at once. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. Push it up. I, think, I and yeah, the, there's got to be a better way to do the replay thing. The replay thing drives me nuts. It does. It's 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 mental. And who gets pissed off? Who who's who gets more pissed off than the fans? Nobody, right? Yeah. It's just we're sitting at home. We're going, what are you looking at? The officials, yeah. and then blah blah blah. Uh, one thing I think that would counter that is that you hate to think this way, but I think some teams have somewhat of a, or the leagues have somewhat of an agenda. Like let's say it's uh, let's say it's the opportunity for the Lakers and Boston to play in the final. And yeah, yeah. it's uh, the lake, and then it's Boston, <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> you, I, yeah. you know, you you want to think that everything's equal, but there's a lot of money at stake for Lakers, uh, Celtics, rather than the Lake. There's uh, millions and millions of deal. So I don't know if the league, uh, millions and millions of dollars on the line. Sorry, but so I don't know if the league would want to give up that type of power, quote unquote. But uh, I don't know. Do you think it? Ha- do you think it have legs? Do you think so? Yeah, why not? I, it could be one of those things that if they were a thing, like you. I think you try it out in like a G League kind of thing first mm-hmm. and a couple games and how it goes. But I don't know. Definitely, I like the idea of adding interest to I think like all they've done with the replays slowed down the end of games even more now. Like it's just like it, I think people used to make fun of it before because it's oh, there's a minute left in the basketball game and they're actually going to be sitting there for another 20 minutes. Like now sometimes it's even more than that because of the amount of replays they have and at least it'd be something to engage with for the replays. So I don't think it could hurt. No, I think it would be helpful. I, I think we're going to get some steam with this. We're going to get some steam. This is going to be the origin of it. Me and Mike and Mitch, for when this replay comes in, you heard it here first. I've already, I sent you the email I sent to Bill Simmons. I sent him a revamped one on this. Bill Simmons, listen to this. I think it would work. I think it makes sense. It's going to help everything uh, and speed up these games because I, as much as I love basketball, like you said, I don't want to sit there for 20 minutes for one minute of play. Yeah. I want to get it, not get it over with, but I just want it to continue and uh, it'll be what it'll be. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, so far. So there's been some great games. Uh, are you going to be watching the games? To, are you going to be able to watch them tonight? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, so we'll be chatting. Uh, we'll be chatting back and forth. Um, I'm all cuticle right now. I've bitten off all my nails from all the other games. Uh, <laughs> so that'll be fun. What else? Um Anything else that we didn't uh, that we didn't cover at all? Went through all the uh, series. I don't think so. I don't think we really talked too much about that game seven between Houston and OKC. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, it, it was one of those things. I feel like at the time, maybe we were watching it and maybe a bit more into it, <laughs> but, and now it already feels like it's forgotten. I I, I will say it was impressive see what Chris Paul did you and I both talked to or talked about it at the time like why is Gallinari taking that free throw oh that, that was the we talking speaking that's about right cold people like not that he was on the bench but like he hadn't shot the ball in quite a while and was not shooting the ball particularly well that game and I don't know how that's not Chris Paul's free throw every single time but um yeah I don't know I guess there's not too much to say about that one I was impressed by OKC I really hope that they could push through but 
No, you're you're right. You're right, though. We were just going. We we were we both said the exact same thing. It, the game yeah. is on the line, and I like you know maybe during the regular season, Gallinari is like a ninety percent yeah. free throw shooter. Sure, yeah. no yeah. problem. But you're right. The end part of the game, Chris Paul should have gone up and ripped that ball out of whosoever hands yeah. it was in, and saying, "I am taking this last second shot. This is my team, and we're going to go the way." And Gallinari, what happens? He, he misses, and then they ultimately yeah. lose the game. You know that got me thinking about too. I'm glad you brought that up too. Is about little guys and little guys trying to lead their teams to a championship. And we just, we really haven't seen it happen since Isaiah, you know, and you talk about the all time point guards, um, point guards list. Like, I I guess you could include Curry there and Curry was the best player on the, on his one championship team, but then he had Durant come in as well. And Curry Curry might be a little bit of an exception of the rule just because he's like guarding him as the, he, he can shoot the lights. He's the greatest shooter of all yeah. time. But you look at guys like Chris Paul, and he just has never been able to get over that hump. And he's never really had any big Chris Paul games, uh, on playoff games under his resume. And you just look at guys that are small, and, you know, stats skew so much these days too. Like you look For at, sure. you know, we look at a guy like Damian Lillard and how good he is. And some people would say that he's better than Isaiah Thomas. You look at Isaiah Thomas's stats and they're like, you know, they're, they're, they don't stand out. They don't stand out on the piece of paper. But if you've ever no. watched a guy like, like Isaiah Thomas, you know, at the end of the game, he was the best player on two back-to-back championship teams, probably should have won the first one uh, when he, when he rolled his ankle and, you really yeah. it's it's hard to start a franchise um with these small guys you see it like uh dame chris paul ai um it, it's hard for those guys to get over the hump i think it's still hard too now because like you want even if it's your guard you want like my girl let's say you want them to be able to beat you in so many ways and i guess chris paul to an extent just can't i don't know like i mean kind of the Trey Young versus Luca argument to mm-hmm. some extent. Like I feel like I'm gonna take Luca every single time because of everything else he brings to it. But having said that, Chris Paul has had some tough like this year was tough. There was that year like when Houston was up three two on Golden State and then he hurt his hamstring, couldn't play in game six seven, they ended up losing in seven. Oh, that man. one was a tough one. Like I those those uh Clipper teams, I don't know. I just I just feel like you're right. I I think that it's hard to do with the smaller guys, and then it's even more hard to do when he's not. It's not like he's one of those guys who shoots the lights out. No, he had, he's definitely one of those guys who had a ton of assists back when he played for those Clippers teams, especially. And he and he can rebound the ball, but I think you have a better chance of doing it with someone like Damian Lillard. Um, just because of how they can go off, and that's how the league has kind of gone these days. Like you just need that someone who can just kind of uh, change games all of a sudden on any given night. And I just don't know. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether or not I like Chris Paul, so it's hard to say. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. I'm yeah. just like this guy. I sometimes I watch him. I'm like, why does everybody have this guy so high on their list? Yeah. Like, like Bill yeah. Simmons has him as a top thirty guy. I'm going top 30 like i i don't i don't i don't see that but uh yeah, i know I would, what he's I done for, probably not anymore no he just but. doesn't have any he doesn't have any impactful huge 
huge uh, playoff games. And, and the, the Clippers ones, I think, are the most glaring because they had the opportunity yeah. with the talent, everything they had down there. Obviously, there's the Donald Sterling thing, and that uh, threw yeah. them off course um, for that one playoff run. But, uh, yeah, that's glaring. They should have they should have made a finals, and they just couldn't get over the hump. They, were just, they always just – those teams, Lob City was great to watch, but they always just looked yeah. so angry. Chris yeah. Paul and Blake Griffin were just bitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. Always. Yeah, and I think like, if Chris Paul had a chance to kind of do it, I think that he kind of missed that window. Like, if he's getting anywhere now, I think it's it's going to be with who, what kind of team he surrounds himself with. And, I mean, the OKC team is solid. They've got a lot of good young guards. Um, but they just obviously are extremely young and just don't have that extra piece. Like, like Chris Paul, I could see good being probably – like any of those East teams right now, I think he'd do pretty well in those teams, but he wouldn't be the main guy there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like who, who would you take right now? Someone. Yeah, who would you take right now, Lowry or Chris Paul? There you go. I, I figured at some point we'd end up comparing them. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take Lowry. I think so too. Sure. And obviously, I think I'm kind of biased with it, but at the same time, that guy has hit some big shots. Now he has gone all the way. And uh, I think at the end of the day, there aren't any situations I can think of where if the game's on the line, I don't want the ball in Lowry's hands. And that's even looking at the game we just, or game three, like even if that means him being the guy inbounding it, like I just have a, I, you know, that he went over there and was wanting that to happen. I, I can't imagine that he didn't say Nick Nurse, he wants to be the one making that pass with 0.5 seconds left. Mm-hmm. That confidence and that leadership that I just, he's a bit higher in his category than it would be with Chris Paul. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think overall, you can you'll never say that uh, Kyle Lowry is better than Chris Paul, but right now at this particular time, yeah, I think you're you're, de- you're yeah. definitely taking a guy like Lowry um, on there. Yeah, I could see if 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 Chris Paul can restructure his deal, I think he would be fantastic on the Lakers because if he can play almost that third fiddle, they don't have to yeah. rely on him. They give him his like he you know he's a very cerebral player. So him with uh, LeBron and AD would be would be would be fascinating to watch. Yeah, that'd be really cool, actually. I mm-hmm. like that. That'd be a pretty good fit. Obviously, him and LeBron have a good relationship. and Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. But at first, Giannis, Toronto. Let's make it happen, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, anything else that we missed that we skipped over at all? I think, I think we kind of covered everything uh, we're doing. So this is Monday. Filming Monday afternoon, just before the Raptors game. Let's go Raptors, baby. Mitch. Uh, we're going to be talking probably within the next couple of hours anyways over text. Uh, NBA Weekly Podcast, Mike and Mitch here with Mitch's uh, big rig gig, his tip, roasted chicken this week, which is delicious. Great for sitting around on a day watching hoops as well on a holiday long weekend. Let's go, Raptors! <laughs> I'm fired up, buddy. Uh, always fired up to talk hoops with you, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this for our weekly show. Always a pleasure. Look forward to it every week, man. All right, brother. We'll be talking to you soon. Sound good. All right. Later. Too many MCs, not enough mics. Exit your show like I exit the turnpike. Dyson dynamite like Dolo Mike. Double do.